What is going on? You are listening to Tag's podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex, the podcast. Um, this is episode 351. I'm your host, Steve V, on this tired Monday, alongside Jeremy Ross Lopez. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. We're going to talk about why we are a little energy lower, but we're going to kick it up. Joining us, of course, is Cody Maurice Doggett. How the hell are you, Cody? Hello, darling. I'm a little bit exhausted, never tired, just a little bit exhausted. Thank you. I like that. <laughs> I like that. That's a great way. Um, Jeremy, what did you do last night? So you, I heard you. I went to uh, the Mark Anthony concert that was in Boston, and it was it was so cool. And we got really close seats and. I didn't take my phone out at all. I was like just living in the moment and it was like just a really awesome performance. He's so good to see live. Yeah. I've heard he puts on a great show. He's such a great singer and the mute, the band was probably amazing. Oh my God. The band had an amazing guitarist. They had a drummer and they like, they had a, a a moment where they like go for five minutes straight, just on that, the performer and, uh, they each did like a sound off and it was, it was awesome. Nice. Nice. But a little rough around the edges this morning, I see, or this afternoon, (laughs) evening. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Cody, I heard you went and saw a drag show last night. I did. I went to go see Pixie Aventura and it, she was amazing. She had her 10 year anniversary last night. I also went to Alegria on Saturday and that was absolutely insane. And in between, I worked three shifts all weekend from Saturday and Sunday. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I got five hours of sleep all weekend, I think. So I'm here. <laughs> Give us how was the dance floor and the boys at the Alegria party? I, which is a large dance party for those of you that don't know, kind of a circuit event yeah. that happens been happening here for years in New York. Yeah. Uh it was great. They oversold tickets. We were in line to check our coats for about two hours. Oh my lord. This is the second time I've heard this from you. I was with you the Halloween. What is going on? I don't know, but they need to get their shit together. I'm going to go out there and say shit because they need to get their shit together. That's way too long to wait for coat check or to get into the venue. Actually, we don't have to wait to get in the venue, but (laughs) if we would have, we would have been in a long line and waited in the cold. I am so see that's why I don't do these parties anymore because I can't wait in lines like that anymore. I don't want to. I just want to go like I want my ticket like the Mark Anthony concert. You probably just kind of went in, right? Yeah, they were fast about everything. They were fast about security. They were fast about like just submitting everyone in and they knew everyone wants to get in and like see he had a comedian open for him that like a Dominican comedian that he always opens his shows and uh it was my second time seeing him and they they're just very diligent about getting everyone in quickly and getting all the lines down. That's how you yeah, do my it. kind of party. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I watched the Academy Awards, the infamous Academy Awards last night with a friend and cooked up a storm of Mexican food, Ooh. which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean these enchiladas, they were yummy. But um, I, we have to shout out to Ariana DeBose, who made history as the first openly queer actor of color Snaps to, to win an Academy Award 
for West Side Story, she played Anita, and she looked gorgeous. I don't know, Jeremy, you love fashion. Did you get to see her look, the red look that she wore? Yes, it was very pretty and very flattering for her. Yes, she looked amazing. And just to hear her on stage, shout out to being different and for all different people out there was just so monumental. And I loved it. I loved the actual award ceremony. Sometimes they've been accused of being a little slow. Um, of course, <laughs> Not we didn't one. need it. To, no, I mean, and honestly, I can honestly say, say before we tap into what we're going to before the night's event at the Academy Awards, the whole show as a whole just moved. I mean, I'm not even a big Beyonce fan, and I loved her performance on on the Compton tennis courts. It was so good. I love that song she sang. Billie Eilish singing her song um, for 007 was iconic. And really, the words, all the movies that I love, Coda won. I was so excited. Yeah. Such a great movie about the about a deaf family really highly recommend that on apple tv you got to see it but great moving fun fashion show i really loved it until we got to drum roll the will smith Girl. going on stage and slapping um chris rock chris rock yeah. that was just insanity yeah. and i mean i i, I was looking up a guy, a TikTok, Dr. Joe Court that I follow on TikTok, and he's a sex and relationship therapist. And he talks a lot about narcissism in a lot of his shows and toxic masculinity. And often those two things can be kind of combined. If you, you can look him up on Dr. Joe Court on TikTok, he offers a lot of great advice mm -hmm. daily and i really like it um he wrote will smith's entitlement toxic masculinity privilege pretending nothing's wrong perpetrator to victim within minutes um hashtag no violence i have to kind of agree with dr joe because it just we all know somebody that is narcissistic like that mm -hmm. and i don't know at what point you couldn't control yourself to not get up on the Academy Awards stage and do that. I mean, it was kind of disgusting. What was your thoughts when you heard about it? Because I know you're at Mark Anthony, Jeremy. Uh, so I heard about it after, and I honestly, I had like mixed feelings about it. I, I didn't know whether to take it seriously or not because they are actors. So I wasn't sure if it was like pre-staged and there was like giggling and smiling, but then like, a very harsh banter in between. So I don't know. I was just kind of like thrown off and I honestly right. didn't find it super interesting in my opinion. <laughs> right. I'm glad that if you were watching it, they bleeped the whole thing out and you were confused. You didn't know what was really going on. And yes, it did seem like a joke. So I'm glad it didn't ruin my experience because people said that the awards that came afterwards were overshadowed and yeah. people were kind of buzzing and giggling, figuring, wondering, and not looking at Questlove winning his award, which was next, and then all the other awards that came on afterwards, which were Best Picture, mm -hmm. Best Actress. And so I think in, from that regard, I'm glad I didn't know any of it because it didn't skew mine. I, I just let it go until afterwards. Then I was like, oh, my God, that's what happened on stage? That's what they were saying? Yeah, I was so crazy. shocked. What were your thoughts? And do you think see any signs of toxic masculinity or narcissism from Will Smith? 
Coda, well, Cody, <laughs> Cody, Cody, Cody. I am the best picture winner. <laughs> <laughs> and you can give your acceptance speech now. I did say I was a little tired, but <laughs> it's perfectly fine. I've been called way worse. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Coda. <laughs> uh, so I didn't really see the toxic masculinity in it at first, but then I had a little chat with you before we started recording. And now I'm coming more over to your side than I think it was toxic masculinity and entitlement i do think that it is a wonderful thing that he was defending his wife but it would the as far as he went that was completely unnecessary to hit somebody else he could have spoken to chris rock and had Chris Rock apologized to his wife and that would have been perfectly fine. I know that you do crazy things for love. I know Steve has seen me do crazy things for love before. (laughs) (laughs) But that is never justified to put your hands on somebody else when the right resolution can be a conversation. Yeah. Have you guys ever been with somebody that had either that kind of toxic masculine nature or just been narcissistic? I have. There was a guy that I dated, dated just for a few moments, and he drove one of those huge ass Hummers in the early 2000s, you know, the ones barreling all around the streets of L.A. And at first I was like, oh, this is cool. And he had like a lot of that just extra extra toxic masculinity, I think. And I'll never forget, we were in the car going to brunch and he's barreling down and honking, barreling over people that were going too slow, screaming out the window on Santa Monica Boulevard to the boys. And just like, I was mortified (laughs) and thought, never again will I be around somebody that is acting in this way. It's just, I will definitely put my foot down if I find this again, because I don't want this in my world. Like I hate violence. I hate when people are just overshadowing like that. It's just disgusting to me. And so I wouldn't find that, you know, I want somebody to stand beside me as a partner, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't want them to go to violent extremes at all. I would have to, I would be probably against them if they did do that and say, you probably want to break up with them. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I dated this guy and he showed toxic masculinity traits. I don't know if it ever got to the point of violence, but he had this curl and I'm like, I'm describing how he looked because it is hilarious. Now me looking back at it, he had this curly, uh, mullet type deal going on and he drove a Mustang and he thought he was hot, hot stuff. And he just, he skipped every line and he just, pushed his weight around and I thought it was really hot when I was really young but growing up and seeing how harmful that type of behavior can be I I'm realized that it's not that's not where it's at right you know being an Mm -hmm. adult no not at all have you Jeremy been around anyone like that that you've noticed oh yeah definitely and I hate that (laughs) I hate that energy but it also like helps to not give it light and I think that the people that give that a stage it only entices them to act worse and it humors that like just that behavior yeah that behavior and i just hate it and ignore it and i just 
yeah, I, I don't find it interesting and it's not funny. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah I totally agree. I just want to defend Will Swift just a little bit. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that it's necessarily in his nature to act like that, but I. Well, it was last night. It was last night. I I see, and it's not it's not okay. And I need for him to apologize to Chris Rock in addition because he apologized and he accepts a speech to everybody but Chris Rock. But he owes Chris Rock an an apology. But I think that he has been going through a lot, and I feel like not only in his his professional life but in his personal life as well. And I think that that it came to a head last night. And I I know that it's not okay. But I am willing to forgive him. Not forget, but forgive. Yeah, I mean, maybe we're all going through things, yeah. but get it together. You're about to win. He was tooted as being the front runner to win the Academy Award, yeah. which he ultimately did. And I think he deserved it because I love the movie and I think he was the best actor for the part. But get it together then for the three, four hours that you're in the Academy Awards and go to a therapist, then is what I got to say. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Do whatever you have to do to not do that and yeah. take, get get it together. All right. Well, we got to get into some hot topics here. And there's a hookup story that is kind of hot. Um, when you they write on Cocktails and Cock Talk, I like this website. Ooh. When you work in a customer-facing customer role, it's important that they are left satisfied. And from the looks of this tweet, <laughs> this barista went above and beyond to ensure that this customer left happy. In a grinder exchange that was shared via Twitter, a Starbucks customer appropriately, appropriately named Ever Horrez, W-H-O-R-E-Z, <laughs> I love it. Got frothed up like a frappuccino by one of the employees. What? Quote, they wrote, working right now, if you want some dick, said the employee of the year, they're calling him, to which the eager beaver responded, you know, I I do on my way, cutie. And in case you doubted that they hooked up during the employee shift, there's <laughs> evidence Um I'll put it for you two in our little chat, but essentially, and you can watch this on tagspodcast.com for you guys, but essentially they're in the, the guy is in the back room. Like he took a break and he's got the barista green Starbucks apron over his shoulder as he's fucking the boy in the, which definitely looks like the bathroom or in the alleyway of some sort. Oh my God. That's hot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, (laughs) he aims to please on that. I, I was pretty, that was pretty steamy. Yeah. (laughs) That reminds me of uh, when I had a encounter with a, uh, server from chipotle and it actually had no app at all it was just like eye contact and i went up and i can't remember what i asked for it was like a water or like a bag of chips or something no (laughs) (laughs) or something (laughs) extra guac that's what it was (laughs) and he just like i I guess i I went to the bathroom and he just followed me and like pushed his way in with me and then like literally got on his knees and blew me there. Wow. He worked there. I know. And then he just went back, 
behind the counter. And he went back. Uh, oh my god! Started and started roasting those chilies. Wow! <laughs> wow! That's amazing. That's amazing. <laughs> but you also, I was going to bring up another story you once told Jeremy because when you used you used to work at a high profile fun boutique, gay boutique, yeah. here in Hell's Kitchen. What was the name of that? That was Tag. Tag, right. And remember when you met, you told the story of meeting up of a guy that you asked for a lunch break and then went and. Oh, yeah. At my boss's place. Yeah, that was at. uh, That was a a guy that was visiting from Tel Aviv. And did you meet him on the apps? No, I had met him there in person and he had like frequently visited New York. And so I had met him like once or twice before just from shopping there. And so this was like the seal the deal time that I just like took it to the next level. That's one thing. But your story does actually um, parallel this story because Chipotle and Starbucks. I mean, it's one thing to meet somebody on yours is kind of trumps the this one because they so. they were both on grinder well and... i just think it's funny that it happened like very naturally and organic yeah. it was like just the the gay eyes and stuff without any like talking or any anything like it was literally just a, a look and an action and done that reminds me of one time when we were uh, my friend and i were in Amsterdam. I was mm-hmm. going to say Berlin, but Amsterdam. And we were at a gay fetish store and we were trying on leather. And I'll never forget, you know, in some of those boutiques, the dressing rooms, they're kind of makeshift. So you can kind of see through them. Mm-hmm. And I was trying on, I think maybe a jock strap or something. They said I could try it on. And I was like, okay, great. And of course. The really, <laughs> the really hot. And he, the guy said, yeah, you can try it on. Of course. And the really hot daddy looking store owner or clerk was kind of lurking around and he kept wanting to like look in. And my friend and I had taken mushrooms because they're legal <laughs> yes. in Amsterdam. And I was starting to feel heated because they were like taking effect so I'm already feeling the heat of that. I'm trying on skimpy tight jock strap, and this really hot daddy guy is, le- you know, picking up the, looking into the dressing room, and I'm getting hard as he's looking. And it was really hot. I would have gladly invited him in, but I think it was so flustered because of the mushrooms. Ah. That I was just like, oh, we gotta go, and I like <laughs> practically had to run out of there. But oh, I'm convinced that something would have happened. <laughs> have you had anything with a store employee like that with you, Cody? So I bartended. I bartend, and I manage a restaurant now. But I worked a party many years ago because I have a boyfriend now. He he bartends there one one day a week as well. So, I mean, we make out sometimes. But I bartended this party one time a long time ago. And it was a private party. And all of there was this gay guy there. But it was a birthday party for one a girl. And all of the gay guys' girlfriends were trying to hook us up. We ended up making out. I, we did not have sex because I've never had sex at work before. But we did end up making out. And I think we got wow. a bunch of, I think they might have, while I was distracted, they took a bunch of liquor. But that's not, neither oh. here nor there. <laughs> God, Maybe he, that part's not good. <laughs> but, the, but the making out part was way fun. But, oh, well, I didn't get fired, so I'm good to go. 
I think those are so hot because like you said, it's reading up on body cues and it's organic and it happens naturally and everyone's copacetic with it. And it can be some of the hottest moments for sex. This next story though, on the other hand, is totally not reading the room when a British man has been given a four-figure payment by the owners of P&O Cruises after a cruise worker quizzed him about his sexuality. Louis Meehan, who's 27, is a nightclub manager from Nottingham, England, and he decided to film the encounter and share the video with the Nottingham Post. A soccer fan, after watching his team win a match on TV, Meehan returned to his cabin on this cruise and decided to order a pizza in the early hours um, last month. A crew member delivered the pizza. Meehan was only wearing boxer shorts when he answered the cabin door. And he said he was bemused when the male crew worker complimented him on having a nice body. A short while after, though, the crew member telephoned his room and said he needed to return to collect payment. Meehan said he was suspicious about this and set his phone up to record what happened. And there's a video for this, too, that's crazy. But when when the guy came back, Although the phone was pointed upwards on the audio, the room service waiter can be heard asking Mian if he is straight. When Mian replies that he is, the crew worker asks him several times if he's sure. No, 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 that's not what I'm into, said Mian, when the crew worker said, please. When it's clear Mian is not budging, the crew worker says, but please don't complain about it. No, I won't complain about it, replied Mian, but he actually did report it to the cruise and the, of course carnival uk said we take all allegations of improper behavior extremely seriously and we are conducting a thorough investigation in which they fired the guy what? but i saw the video and the guy is to me he looked like he, the guy had bad gaydar because yeah he was sexy but he looks like a straight guy in his boxers mm-hmm. and though although somewhat sexy I don't think there was probably any gay vibe. And this guy was clearly novice trying to get something just because he opened. If you know anything about cruises, people are always like half naked when you open the door. And I I just think how embarrassing and and it cost him a job, right? Yeah, that is embarrassing. I remember (laughs) one time I went up to, I was at the mall. So it had to be years and years and years ago because it's been years since I've been to a mall. But there was this counter guy at the, at the, I don't know, perfume or any in Macy's or someplace. And I went up, I was getting vibes, you guys. I had all of the gay vibes. I know he wanted me for my body. So I went and I hit <laughs> on him. And he, yeah. And then he was like, um, no, I'm not gay. That is mortifying. All my friends were there. They could not stop laughing at me. And I wanted <laughs> to go hide under a rock. So I know this person's yeah. pain, except for the firing part. Right. You got to be careful on those things because your gaydar can be wrong. I always tread very slowly on that, trepidatiously on that, because just when I I was telling recently at your birthday party, your boyfriend's roommate at the time, Uh I was like, oh, who's this that I've sat next to? And he asked to share a bottle of wine with me because I guess nobody else wanted wine. He's like, do you want to? Oh, you're going to. He. I said, I'm going to get a glass of Pinot Noir. And he said, oh, you're going to have red wine? Penis, by the way. <laughs> oh, is that what I missed? Okay. 
So, right. So I said, I'm simply going to have a, a glass of Pinot Noir. And the guy, your the roommate guy says, oh, you're going to have red wine? I said, well, that's what Pinot Noir is. And he said, <laughs> oh, well, why don't we share a bottle? And I was like, oh, I was thinking, is this going to, is this on tonight? Is this a Meg Ryan movie? I don't know. He's kind of <laughs> cute, right? In a... In a way, Cody, don't you think? Um, pass. Well, but- <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of cute. Yes, he is. He's kind of cute. <laughs> kind of cute, right? And so I was thinking all that, and then I somehow I talked to him a little bit more. Or I asked one of you guys, and they're like, "No, he's straight." And I was like, oh, "Okay, forget it." Like and- painfully straight. That's why I was like, "Pass," because he's, <laughs> I know him, and I know how painfully straight he is. So, got it. I've got it, but I'm, I didn't act on it. But it was it can get confusing because of cues like that. I mean, do you want to share a bottle of wine? And you, and I just met this guy, and you know that could I could. I don't. I think I could be a little confused in that. And then, bam, you're married. That's what I think. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gaydar's a big thing, right, Jeremy? You have to trust your gaydar. Yeah, definitely. I don't really ever... I've always been, like, the nervous type to, like, either be in that awkward position where you totally misconstrued, like, the vibes from someone. So I just kind of only stick to... The ones that I like know are gay and feel free to like openly ask before I like go any further just because I don't like that mishap of not knowing or like just the awkward exchange mm-hmm. afterward of like right. how do you even have a conversation after when you I don't know it's just embarrassing and I hate that like <laughs> back and forth like weird banter once you've like embarrassed yourself but it happens yeah. too <laughs> yeah it's part of life yeah well these next two stories are all about a long schlong story and i'll explain in a minute but there's a recent video that shows a guy working out at the gym with an unusually low hanging bulge and it's gone viral on tiktok i'm going to put it on the, our little chat here for you guys to look. Can you get this video too? Because <laughs> yes, I need it you right can now. look at it while I read the story. Um, he uh, with an un- extremely low hanging bulge, and it's gone viral. Oh my god, I've seen this guy. <laughs> so it's been viewed over twenty seven million times. It is seriously a third leg. The guy looks like he's got to be six four or five. I'm not sure, and. With two long legs and this third leg in between, that oh on God. the uh, the video goes behind him and it's like bouncing back and forth on the backside. Talk about sucking someone's cock from the backside; you'd have no problem <laughs> doing room. that. You're right? He managed to get, um, yeah. So it was shot from the back, and people are questioning it um, because it's just it looks really real, and I think it must be. Doesn't it look real, guys? Yeah, it does. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm, I'm. It's so distracting when people are free balling. You don't think it's real? I don't think so. That's crazy. He put something in between his legs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, I'm not That's sure. Is this the same video you've seen, Jeremy? It, I, it's similar to one that I saw of someone that was like they like to be exposed or whatever on Twitter, but it was definitely not as long as that. So I don't think that it's the same person. 
I think it's really real because it just, it's probably one of those anomalies. Like maybe it's so uncomfortable for him to wear underwear, um, but he could wear some sort of biker short, I think. I think it's just, people love that kind of attention. I have a friend now is not that big at all, but it's a, a nice <laughs> dig. And he literally loves to get a reaction out of guys if he knows he's going into a gayborhood. Uh-huh. So he'll literally... And I was like, are you kidding me? He literally will stuff his... He's got a nice dick already. Okay. We fooled around in the past and it and it's thick and nice. But it's, you know, average size. But he likes to... When he goes out, he's told me before, well, you know, when I like to go out, I like to have a heart on. And I'm thinking the whole night, how do you manage that? <laughs> like, he likes to be on the dance floor with the heart on and he loves it when guys are kind of looking over. Oh, and God. maybe it'll And maybe it'll <laughs> peek out... <laughs> I can hear the eye roll, <laughs> and I, I'm just telling you his truth. And maybe, maybe it'll, it'll peak out. And maybe it'll peak out when he's on the dance floor at certain bars, and he kind of loves that whole thing. Or he'll be walking down, say Christopher Street, and but he'll pack it and stuff it. And I'm like, if you have to stuff it, that does that's to me is cheating. It's false advertising for sure. <laughs> yeah i just think we all have a little bit of add as it is and so whenever i i i try and keep focused as much as possible so when i see stuff like that i'm i'll never forget i was coming home in the middle of the day and some guy who i think was homeless was out in front of my building swinging almost the size of this dick his huge dick no. like he pulled his pants out and i was mesmerized for a second i had to like pull my jaw up from the sidewalk and 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 scream at my inner self get yourself inside because i was so mesmerized i'm like i cannot be standing here staring at that and have my neighbors go what are you doing <laughs> but i'm so i'm like too much add with that kind of stuff let, let me know what you think about this next trend that a lot of people are doing. These guys, I put it in your feed too. While there's been a, some backlash to supporting straight men on OnlyFans, they write, we think it's perfectly fine as long as they are respectful of our community to at not attempting to gay bait us. So there's a new trend according to cock and cocktails that they find baffling where straight men are photoshopping their bulges into a size that is just laughable and not just because of the bad editing there's actually nothing wrong with these men's dicks to begin with but they know if they can exaggerate their bulges or put dildos in their pants that they will be get bucket bottom twitter uh, bucket bottom twitter to retweet and they often say things like only bottoms reply type of thing, yeah. which is a little bit of gay baiting oh, or sure. a lot of gay baiting, I should actually say, which I kind of I'm offended for those as the bottom in the room here <laughs> for that. <laughs> I'm not going to be responding. But do you guys see those bulges in these pictures? Oh, yeah, yes. totally fake and totally unnecessary. They don't look actually, real either. Like those guys definitely don't have those big dicks. Do do we have a problem with this that false advertising or do we just think it's good clean fun? Jeremy, what are your thoughts? I think it's false advertising, but let them do it if they want to. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like the guy in the last TikTok video I think is real. I'm not sure. I think he's putting on a show. The guy that on the street was definitely doing that. I don't understand why my friend feels the need to stuff his pants. That's silly. <laughs> I mean, I just think it's dumb. Yeah. But 
that's my opinion. What are your thoughts on this, Cody? I think it's false advertising as well. And I think that they're just trying to use the gay community to expand their popularity, which I do not appreciate at all. If they're going to, you know, try and get our approval or get us to support them, then they should, they should, uh, advertise appropriately i like appropriate advertising when i go to the gym and i don't wear any pants or any any underwear (laughs) underneath my my gym shorts i like to i want to be i want everybody to know that the dick is real okay i don't want to see no fake dicks up in here (laughs) because essentially they're saying like we just said gay baiting even if it's a gay guy doing it like look what you can't have because they're never going to show us the real thing because if they did it's not going to size up to what they're advertising and it's essentially saying dangling it in front of us like bright shiny object look what you cannot have which i think is a little as a tease and you know that's why i don't scroll so much through a lot of the instagram because the times i have i get too caught up in it and i have that add thing going on and then i'm like down a rabbit hole that i don't think is really healthy for me at least so I don't like to go there. How do we feel about general photoshopping in general? Because we've all seen those pictures. There was a guy that's pretty prominent. I'm not going to name names right now. Okay. But I was tell me pretty later. certain. I will tell you later. <laughs> he may or may not have a fragrance out there that smells like poppers. Ooh. I'm just oh, saying. God, <laughs> that's only one and, person. Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was pretty certain that, and I'm not even, like, my eye doesn't go towards photoshopping. I'm not really savvy on that. But I was pretty sure that a chest on one side was lifted up. It just looks so wrong. Like, I I felt like that's not how his chest would be. But it looked like he was trying to straighten, to even out or push out the other side. Because, you know, we all know when we're posing for a selfie that you got to get that angle right or it's just a mess and or at least in your head it is right Mm -hmm. and everything's got to be it's just uh it's you can go in circles with that kind of thing and so it just looked like it was so photoshopped and he let it slip are we okay with if it's not the body like the dick or the ass or how do you guys feel about photoshopping your body jeremy i just think it's kind of like sad and pathetic and i i don't mind uh using filters but yeah i just think photoshop is like it's so silly mm-hmm. and i think it takes like way too much effort and if you're unless you're like fucking kim kardashian or someone that has like trillions of followers i don't see any point in photoshopping shit and not showing like really what you're working with yeah i agree too i mean a filter here and there i use you know like a filter for like one filter and that's it but other than that i'm like i don't have the time the amount of editing that we do just to get like the little clips going i don't have time to then go and photoshop stuff it's just too much work and it is what it is i also think it's it's just so misleading too we all keep hearing more and more stories about body shaming and trying to live up to this ideal model mode that doesn't really ever exist that can really make a lot of people go down that rabbit hole or Mm -hmm. feel depressed about themselves when in reality those people don't have those bodies that you think they have Mm -hmm. and 
it's it's not constructive. Yeah, it could do a lot of harm to you. I was looking at these filters today. I saw one. It was a drag queen, and uh, they put on their Instagram this filter, and I was like, "Oh, they look really good. I'm gonna try it." And I did not even recognize my face. <laughs> When I tried the filter, I was like, who is that person? And it was really, really bad. It was harmful to, I, I feel like I felt like I was ugly without the filter. And I don't normally feel like that. Normally, I do Photoshop a little bit underneath my, my eyes. I have really bad dark circles. So I Photoshop those out. But that's basically it. I think the lighting and the the angles is just enough for me. And like you said, I like to present a more natural, more real aesthetic in my pictures. See, I have dark circles too. They're, it's hereditary in my family, yeah. but I don't mind. I mean, I just know how to. I know if you see me in a in a decent light, mm -hmm. I'm there. I don't mind a little bit of it because it's me, and it's just kind of how you're going to have to see me. Exactly. And so, um, I'll never, I'll never forget. I had a friend that. Um, shall we rename Nameless that lives in Florida <laughs> of course that told me you need to get this eye cream to get rid of those darkness under your eyes and I was like listen I use eye cream but it's hereditary and he was like no you just need to use this expensive eye cream and I was like or maybe you just need to not critique me and, <laughs> yeah. and and worry about yourself. Because if I wanted to, I could definitely critique you. Ooh. I can definitely fire back. <laughs> and so, you know what I'm saying, though? It's just like, we all, I think, I've learned a long time ago, it's like we all have so many great qualities about ourselves, and we know how to accentuate those things. Exactly. And, and then we all have areas of ourselves that are like, you know, okay, I, you wish maybe it was a little bit different, but you work with what you have and you, and you try and make it the best that you can, or you learn how to photograph, photograph yourself in a way that's flattering. Mm -hmm. I think to you, you also just, if you want advice, you ask for it and don't give it if you <laughs> yeah. don't. Yeah. Right. Like respect yes. people. It's yeah, especially if they're supposed to be your friends too. Like, don't tell me to get an eye cream from, you know, a Bergdorf's that I can't afford anyway. And it's just it's rude, I think. So, yeah. anyways, um, okay. One Reddit follower asked the question, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on what gets you going. They asked the question, "What's the best way to seduce you?" Ooh. And they write, "For me it's the food, food and more food." I like that. I really the more I get into cooking, I kind of like that. But what you know, I think for me, some of the answers were kind of interesting, but for me, complimenting me of course goes oh, a yeah. long way, uh, but that's the that's <laughs> my that's my um What's what's the id or the <laughs> that's my outer exterior self speaking uh -huh. of course, but I would have oh, to ego. say thank you. <laughs> ego. That's my ego speaking. When somebody does that, of course, I'm like oh <laughs> and giggly and all that. But to be really honest, on what really gets me seduces me is if you listen to me and you're genuinely interested in what I have to say, meaning you're asking me questions. And sometimes like I was in the gym earlier today and I have a crush on this guy. I, I'm pretty sure he's straight, mm -hmm. but he's so nice. And he was really asking about my ankle and I was talking and really giving me advice on, Oh, you should try. Have you tried this and tried that? I'm like, yeah, we were just having this really engaging conversation that it was like, the rest of 
nobody else mattered. And that seduces me when somebody listens and is genuinely interested Connection. in me. Connection. I love yeah. That. And versus narcissism when somebody's just talking at me. Um, Cody, what seduces you well, besides a good compliment? <laughs> <laughs> you knew that that was mine too. I was like with you on that. Uh, so I think that my ego also says that it's aesthetic. So, I mean, but that's like the basic, basic answer. I really get turned on by uh, the look. But also, if I dig a little bit deeper, I think laughing with somebody, being able to share oh. a joke and, like you said, connect with somebody, but also engage with them and be able to laugh with them, talk with them, and just be able to relate on that level. I think that really seduces me as well. Have fun with people. Yeah, Jeremy, if someone was to seduce you, what's going to get you going and keep you coming back for more? I was actually going to say both of what you both said. I really Love like it. when someone does not spend a lot of time on their phone and looks me in the eyes when I'm speaking, when they actually are attentive and listen and they have like a, a response back to what you're actually speaking about. That turns me on a lot. And then I also enjoy a really good sense of humor, which I think is not always very common to come across or someone yes. that just has a similar humor to you is really attractive. I agree. Oh my God. Two things that I would add to my list that you just, both of you things that you guys have said, absolutely sense of humor. I, I want to meet, I'm putting that out there. I want to meet more people with sense of humor because sometimes I think not everybody, but definitely not our listening audience, but, and on you guys, mm -hmm. but a lot of us gay guys, we get so serious and caught up in going out and putting ourselves together that we lose the fun part about laughing, I think, and not all the time, but yeah. like it can get a little serious sometimes and posturing. And I think, yeah, I love to laugh. And I think it's also fun to meet people that even if they're not a sexual interest, it's funny and fun to meet people that can make a joke out of themselves and laugh at themselves. And I think <laughs> whenever they can, that's usually not my type of person. Yeah, and you said another thing, too, that I think is kind of an epidemic is our inability to put down the phone. And, you know, we think Guilty as you think you think we, you think we don't know, like you're passing it off or it's just a low moment. But if you're in the middle of a conversation with somebody and you look over and they're like on their phone, you kind of then you get in your head because you were in the middle of telling some story or divulging something and it really can pull you out of it. I've, you said it twice already when you were at the Mark Anthony concert. And I thought that was really awesome because the first thing at a concert is pull the phone out. You got to capture it. Yeah. What do we, nine times out of 10, we don't really do much with those videos. That's that what we... I was thinking to myself. <laughs> I'm thinking like all these bitches are, there was thousands of people, of course, with their phone out. And I'm thinking you're going to take these little distant clips and, you're not right. you're not being a videographer and piecing them together you're right. probably posting at least 10 of them mm -hmm. on your social media and i already had like seven family members there that are probably posting them anyways so it's just like it's pointless to me and you i just like i like concerts that you really live in the moment and enjoy the presence of whatever artist that you're seeing 
And so I think of that even just in, in real life, it's nice to spend time with people that don't like spend so much time on the phone. And it's actually become like a nuisance to me. And I will tell people if they're annoying me when they're on the phone too much. Please tell yeah, me it, because that's something oh, that I am working on and I know this about myself. So please, if you see me, I'm on my phone. I Actually, it's really funny because I look, we when we record, record in, on this thing and I look at it to make sure that I have fully engaged with you guys and I'm looking at all everything and making sure that I am fully right here in this moment with you guys. So I love that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's such a good thing, I think, to remind people on that because they think we don't know that you're looking down at your phone, but mm -hmm. it does pull you out. I know when I'm watching TV and I'm – sometimes that's when I'll be scrolling through my laptop and then I'll be like, oh, wait a minute, what did I just – there could be like 10 minutes that gone by and I know I wanted to watch something mm -hmm. and I can't tell you what happened on that. So you're pulled out of it and you're not present and that reads to whoever you're with mm -hmm. that you're kind of not interested in what they have to say and – that's yeah. So I'm glad that we're aware of that at least. That awareness is the first factor. So um, I'm guilty of it too at times. So all right, this next position as the bottom in the house here. I, I want to know <laughs> your thoughts though. They wrote, "What's the best position to bottom for the first time?" Anyone got any ideas? Somebody said side or you on top, and I have to agree with you on top because you can control it. But somebody also wrote on your stomach, too, because as you relax, you're going to give the top that uh, a great view of you, and then they can go back and forth between rimming you and then fucking you. And once you relax on your stomach, but that wouldn't be my favorite because you can't really touch your dick, and I want to kind of see what's going on. So I vote on top as the as the bottom in the house, but what are your, what's your favorite to top? If you know somebody hasn't bottomed in a while, okay. do you leave it up to them or do you have a preference and do you lead the way Cody? So I would say on the side, because you still, they still have the control. Maybe they have their hand that they can use to, to make sure that you are not going too deep or going too quickly. And I push you away or <laughs> slow you down. <laughs> I had that done to me a couple of times. I, I'm speaking from experience over here. And then the view, like they were saying, is still very appealing because you can see the ass some because doggy style is, of course, my favorite as a top because you have the ass is just right there. Okay, wait, I'm, I'm getting off track here. <laughs> That's okay. And you can still make eye contact and you can still talk about it. And also... When you do an enema for the first time in the, <laughs> the directions, it, t it tells you to lay on your side. So I'm going with that because the medical professionals say to do that. Fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> on your side, I mean, I guess it can be hot. Yeah, not fetal position because that's not sexy to me. <laughs> but I guess when you talk about on your side, yeah, it can be kind of hot. Yeah, but to me, that's more midway through the album you know okay. i want to i want to get there but i don't want that that should be somewhere 
like when you're ready to turn the record over, then I want that. Oh. Not in the first part of it. Oh. Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, track Mine is definitely on the stomach because I just enjoy the rimming part of it. And oh. that's, that, that to me. Oh. <laughs> that's where that's on that. Because <laughs> you can go back and forth. Yes. But I definitely but ha- think for my advice would not be that position if you're looking to control someone or just take over the control and ease into it. I would say probably on uh, uh, probably on top, like you said. Let me ask you guys this, because one person wrote in the thread that definitely don't let don't do it like doggy first time oh, because no. top tops generally oftentimes once they get in they like to jackhammer it and i we all have i've been with that those types too where they get in and then they're like feverishly jackhammering and it's like whoa 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 like uh uh-uh, uh turn that energizer bunny off for a second <laughs> that's track nine Change right the bu- there like you said yeah right <laughs> i'm i'm warming up on track one here and do not skip the needle but i i as a top cody do do you are you sensitive to your bottoms oh always i always talk to them good answer good answer (laughs) darling yes what else are you gonna say when when we're doing it doggy i'll at first, when I put it in, I lean over and I whisper in their ear and I make sure oh, that they're doing okay. Yeah. I keep it nice and sexy. So, yes. <laughs> nice <laughs> and sexy. <laughs> oh, Cody gets the award for the night. For, for <laughs> Jeremy, are you sensitive to your... I mean, I know you are, but do you think about this thing? Yeah, I, of course I do. I definitely want them to feel comfortable and I'm not like... I'm not into the jackhammer like... I don't want someone, I don't want to ram someone if they're not like down for that. And that's just never my style. And I definitely like slow and easing into everything. Sounds very Tina Turner, right? <laughs> How does it go, Cody? <laughs> if I think it's rolling. Yeah. Uh, we, normally we do this nice and rough, but we're going to do it nice and easy tonight. <laughs> I love you, Cody, for, for get, pulling up those lyrics. You never know, you know, in, in the in the reserves back there. It was I knew you did, even on this rocky Monday. I love it. <laughs> Lastly, I couldn't help but notice this thread. And it brings up an interesting question here in 2022 and they asked the question what are your experiences living in a gay neighborhood i'm considering moving close to one and i was wondering what they are like i'm a trans and gay i'm trans and gay so while i'm sure it may be slightly different for me i'm still curious interesting point because i guess i do live in a neighborhood Mm -hmm. for the most part although chelsea in new york is kind of been deduced to 8th Avenue in terms of like the gayberhood, I would argue. Would you guys agree with me on that? Yeah, totally, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so, and personally, I was excited to move here 14 years ago because of the gayberhood, mm-hmm. for one thing, also for the convenience of it because I'm accessible to a lot of places, Subway and all that, but... I also kind of liked that I was one block removed from it, too. And so I don't know that one of our listeners, James, um, says he's on in 
the neighborhood of Chicago and Boys Town and loves it because he can look out his window and gawk and all that. And one part of me would like that, but I think at this stage right now, I want to be close to it, but not in it mm-hmm. anymore. I just, I, that's kind of where I'm at because, and I, I often wonder, are neighborhoods, are they still a thing? I know they are, but we can find our gayness everywhere. Cody, you don't, you just moved. Yeah. I'm assuming it's not a neighborhood at all. It is not. What are your, but I think that, uh, especially for a, our trans brothers and sisters and everybody, really everybody under the LGBTQ rainbow. Um, I think that the safety in a neighborhood is unmatched. Um, my only complaint is it's probably pretty loud in, in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but other than that, like the bars are all there that you don't have to go very far. You can stumble home after everything. So, and, <laughs> and you have all the stores that you want, the gay stores. And I, I can't think of, uh, like I said, the only thing that I could think of that's negative about it is, is how rambunctious it could be sometimes. You know, I like what you said definitely about the safety aspect, particularly, you know, we hear so much daily about trans violence happening to our trans community Mm -hmm. all the time. And so that would be a great neighborhood, although it's not foolproof these days is still definitely a great neighborhood to consider. And I think I'm glad we still have them in our major cities. And I think that's important. But some people wrote that if you are living in this, are you just like living in your own bubble, like with people that are just going to say and think the same way you do? Mm. And that might be okay, but don't you want like more diverse voices? I mean, one of the things I like in my building now and like the guy I was talking to who I believe is straight and I've been because of my ankle, I've just been spending so much time in my building and talking to neighbors and everybody within my community, even at my store downstairs. And most of them are straight people. And I'm loving the interactions that I'm having, just interacting with so many young, old, straight, all kinds of people of diverse backgrounds. And I like that because I don't really know what they think politically at all. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I need to know, but it's I'm enjoying the interactions. Jeremy, you did well, you never really you worked in a gayborhood. I lived did you in ever live in before? Okay. Yeah. And I I found that it was like a little much all the time. And I also found that I ran into like a lot of people, not a lot of people, but just a bunch of people that I slept with. And, yes. And when you work at a gay establishment and you have a gay boss and only gay employees for the most part, or questionable and not questionable, <laughs> but like the ones that are teetering, like, oh, I'm coming out as bi first and okay. then they end up being full-blown gay or they they stay as bi, which is fine. I felt like it was a little bit overwhelming. And once I moved out of that neighborhood, I was fine with being close to it, but not in it. Mm. I 100% agree. I want to be close to it, but not in it anymore because I want to walk down the street and and I don't mind seeing people that I know, but I don't necessarily want to see that person that I maybe hooked up with or it reminds me a little bit, Cody, you'll understand this, of Puerto Vallarta and yeah. the old town and 
my sister just got a condo yeah. in Puerto Vallarta, but it's not in that whole area. It's just like a five minute r- removed from theirs, mm-hmm. which is a cool area. Yeah. And I'm going to benefit from her getting this condo once it's up and running and built. But I'm kind of going to enjoy not walking around the streets of the neighborhood of PV that we all know mm-hmm. and going, oh, here we go. Like, I'm going to be a little bit more relaxed in the neighborhood that I'm at. But when I want to be a part of it, it's just a hop, skip and a jump and I'll be in it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that there's like a pressure that you feel now that now that you equate it to I don't know if I've ever lived in a neighborhood before, but now that you equate it to being in PV and in that specific area when i felt like i had to go out in that area i had to make sure i was done like i can okay (laughs) i can go out my that's the other thing (laughs) i can go out my house now i can look a little bit of a mess and i don't really have (laughs) i don't have to like make sure i'm not afraid of how i look when i go out here but i i know if i lived in the neighborhood i would be plucked and prodded and pushed up in some tight pants and that would be the end of it Oh, I'm exhausted li- listening to that. Yeah, I hear you. It's too much. Yeah. And Jeremy, you must love living where you're at now, yeah, I bet. You're without all very that. relaxing. And I live like 30 minutes away from what is considered like more of a neighborhood. But I also feel like you said times are changing and I can go to like my local grocery store or a local restaurant and run into gay people as well. Yeah. So I think in some cities, there's still like for Boys Town specifically, it's such a neighborhood, and it reminds me a lot of Hell's Kitchen and in, in Manhattan specifically, where it's like almost only primarily gay. But I I do think that that is slowly becoming different, and gays are just all over and like and coming out everywhere and work at all different types of establishments, and you can run into them at the gym and at the like local market and at the like dive bar around the corner you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and and that being said which i totally agree with you if you are want to just have that stint i totally say live in a neighborhood that if there's still there is still some definitely do it because it can be really empowering and and get your confidence going and it can be very nurturing and lovely and so many things fun hot all the great things um which i did do so i'm glad i did do it because it really helped me when my confidence maybe wasn't so or when I really needed to develop more of my gay, my, my pride, I would say. Mm-hmm. And it helped me develop that, which I really did. And now I carry that with me into the, to just slightly off the, the culty sack now. And, <laughs> and I like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Cody, were you going to say one more thing? Oh, no. No, I don't have anything. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, oh, my gosh. This has been so much fun, guys. We pulled it together. I know, right? Wow. You can always follow my co-host on Instagram. Follow Jeremy at jrosslopez. jrosslopez. Anything from Mark Anthony that you posted? No, you didn't, right? No, I actually didn't post anything. Good for you. Good for you. Um, follow Cody. He's a life coach at KMD Coaching and at Mr. Maurice. 
You can follow Cody and I this Wednesday for Tags Live, 9 p.m. Eastern time on the Get Vocal platform. The easiest way to get there and join us live streaming is just to go to tagspodcast.com and click on Tags Live. And in the meantime, guys, hey, continue having hot gay gay sex. sex.